One of the childhood dreams I had back in the 1990s was to start a company called Deconstruct. It came from the idea of wanting to literally deconstruct a shirt I owned and reconstruct it to be able to reuse it in a new way. Fast forward to the 21st century and the idea of deconstructing and reconstructing clothes that I once thought about is what we call upcycling today. Hello and welcome to the Girl Source podcast, Girl Source Chats. I have with me today a guest who caught my attention by doing the very same thing I wanted to do back in the day. Her experience in the textile industry led her to start a low-impact fashion boutique focused on refashioning existing and unused fabrics into high-quality and durable products. She is Natasha Champon, founder of The Thread Loop. Hi Natasha, welcome to Girl Source Chats. Hi, Alisa. Thank you for having me today. So, Natasha, let me start by asking, how is your brand, The Thread Loop, sustainable? Yes, sure. So, basically, The Thread Loop is sustainable because we use fabrics that are considered today as waste by the textile and the fashion industries. Uh, so, we use mainly dead stocks and of the rolls and offcuts from sewing workshops and from textile or garment industries. Uh, so this is the first reason why uh, we consider ourselves like as sustainable because we use existing fabrics that are already in the market and that have no future instead of buying new material or create new materials. Then the second point I would say is that we source and we manufacture locally. Uh, we try very much to avoid, uh, I mean, transporting things, um, material um, far away. So right now for our first collection of bags and accessories, we source um, our, uh, our fabrics in Singapore and we manufacture uh, our bags and accessories in Thailand. And um, we also have a manufacturer in Vietnam, and uh, that company helps us to source off-cuts, uh, good quality off-cuts material from um, sewing workshop uh, close by. Um, yeah, for the for the new development, uh, as I relocated in France recently, um, I'm planning to source and to manufacture in France and in Italy, and I will dedicate that collection for the European market because for me it's very important. Uh, to do things locally, I think it's a way to uh, really uh, keep, you know, that sustainability philosophy. Uh, I would say that the third point uh, is uh, the fact that at the trade loop, we prioritize fair working condition of the workers. So uh, we have done a lot of research to, um, to work with partners, to treat well their workers and that are engaged in uh, more uh, eco-friendly uh, practices. So, for example, in Vietnam, we work with a social enterprise. The name is Maison Chance. Uh, I say it the French way, Maison Chance, uh, which means the house of um, luck or chance. I don't know how to translate that exactly. But basically, they do a fantastic job. They, among all their activities, they teach people with physical disabilities 
uh, how to sue and how to reintegrate after the textile labor market in Vietnam. So uh, I'm, I'm really uh, um, I'm a big fan of you know the, the, all the daily efforts they do, and I was happy to give them a first order to manufacture uh, some accessories that we sell right now um, on our website. So uh, the fourth reason why um, why we are sustainable. Um, we use we, we I, I made a point uh, not to use plastic for my packaging and also uh, I work very hard with uh, the partners above all the, the factory in um, in uh, Thailand because this is an habit and this is the process to wrap uh, each uh, product that are being manufactured uh, with plastic. So right now what we do. Uh, for the packaging we use for the end user, we use uh, eco-friendly packaging. It means that the tissue and the stickers that we use to wrap uh, our product, uh, they are acid-free and they use soy-based inks. And also the mailers that we use uh, f- uh, to send uh, to send um, the, the parcels, they are made from compostable eco-material. So it's mainly wow. cornstash, yeah, cornstash <laughs> and copolymer. And um, I, because I, I, I want to experiment, I, I really try to experiment everything when I do something. I tested, uh, I mean, I put a mailer inside my plant and it works. <laughs> so after a couple of months, I could see that the, the, it was, um, I mean, you could compost it and you can uh, nourish your plants with the mailer. So uh, I'm very happy to, that, I found, that I have found this company. Uh, it's based in Australia, and it's a way uh, for me to, um, yeah, to propose. I mean, to propose a product that has uh, a lesser impact on the environment. That's really good um, and really amazing. I think you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking about the efforts uh, that smaller companies actually make uh, compared to corporates who have. So much more resources, uh, so much more uh, capability uh, and impact a lot more, you know, than us small businesses. Right. And this is like if if you can do it, like why? Why not them? Exactly. Yeah. And I guess on that note, I'm going to ask you the next question. Uh, So. Why actually did you start doing this? I mean, I know that you came from the textile industry, but what was the inspiration to actually uh, start the thread loop? Yes, so I think I have always upcycled. It's part of my values. Uh, it has been passed to me by my family. And uh, when I grew up, I grew up really in a, very, in a tiny village in the middle of the nature. So basically, I, I have always been uh, very uh, conscious in terms of uh, protecting the envir- my environment and the people you know around me, of course. If you need a new piece of furniture, uh, in your in your living room, we always go for an old piece of furniture that someone has in the family. We renovate it. Of course, it takes a little bit of time, but at the end, the result is always good <laughs> because we are proud of it. And also, we are happy that uh, we use something uh, that exists instead of buying new stuff. 
So, uh, yes, so I used to work in the textile industry in India uh, when I was posted in India before Singapore. And this is when I started to discover the quantity of perfectly new fabrics and that are discarded on a daily basis. It can be roll, end of the rolls. It can be perfectly new fabrics that are discontinued from the manufacturer catalog. Uh, also clothes. Clothes are rejected. A lot of clothes are rejected. Some of them are still in okay condition. So um, it's, uh, I, I, re- I really, I mean, I was amazed by the quantity of fabrics and clothes that are discarded. Uh, for information, to give you a figure, 35% of all materials in the textile supply chain end up as waste before a garment or a product reach the consumer. So it's wow. a lot. It's a lot, yes. And I was um, a bit shocked by that because it was, you know, um, conflictual with my values. And I always thought that maybe something could be done, um, not uh, systematically because um, some clothes are rejected for quality reasons. So you have to understand that, okay, for some of the clothes, it's impossible or fabrics, it's impossible to, to get them back on the, on the market. But I always thought that some could be used and uh, repurposed into something else uh, with the agreement of uh, the manufacturer or the brand be- behind and could be used again. So get a second chance. So basically, when I shifted to Singapore, it was end of 2017, um, I wanted to explore my ideas about textile upcycling. Uh, at that time, I was raising my kid. He was two years old. So while raising him, uh, I completed um, a course in apparel product development with the Taft in Singapore. And after many researches, <laughs> a lot of interviews and uh, meeting people in you know, the textile uh, sector, uh, I decided to create The Trade Loop end of 2019 and uh, a first collection uh, of bags and accessories made with um, technical upholstery textile uh, upcycled has been uh, released on the market uh, beginning of 2021. So I'm still at the beginning of the, of the journey, but I'm, I'm doing this because uh, I, I really think, as you said previously, that as a small entrepreneur, we have the freedom to experiment and uh, I wanted to to try, and actually, it's possible. You can you can do something if you want. You need to convince for sure, but uh, it's possible. Thanks, thanks so much for sharing that, Natasha. I I totally agree. It's possible. I mean, uh, I think it just takes a bit of effort to look into you know uh, what is really important, what is going to create impact. Other than just profits, of course, of course, profits are necessary, right? But we don't have to kill the earth, like in the pursuit of, of profits. And I actually just read this uh, article about um, a fast fashion brand. It is uh, definitely a brand that I see growing in popularity uh, in the local market. And I'm, I know it is also uh, growing in popularity overseas. And I think that, um, you know, it's really sad to see that this same brand is uh 
definitely like you know what the article wrote about is being uh, offered up for like uh, resale like uh, even before the person wears it at very low prices okay so just to give a bit more background right about this uh, fast fashion brand so according to this article this company actually doesn't have uh, very sustainable practices in terms of the manufacturing in terms of the employment um you know the way that they employ the workers uh and many other factors to it right so they churn out apparently like uh thousands of uh, stalls each day and they price every item very low and sometimes like you know the items like don't fit or like they like they're just I don't know. I mean, when I looked at this person who was reselling stuff, like I think she probably uh, end up ended up just buying whatever was uh, cheap, and then realized that it didn't fit her. Right. So for me, that is uh, fast fashion, right? Because you see it, you like it, you buy it because you can afford it, right? So yeah. then you end up not actually using it and then i don't know where it really goes to because i don't see anybody buying what she's selling um obviously people also know you know the quality of like secondhand stuff and that's another that's another point that i wanted to make Mm -hmm. i have seen that nobody buys like the low quality like everybody if they want to buy secondhand they are looking for high quality so if people are thinking that oh it's okay you know i can uh, wear it and then if it's no longer in fashion i can resell it but you have to know that people are not going to buy your fast fashion items, like you know that you're reselling because why? I mean, it's so cheap; they'll of just course. buy a new piece. Like so, if you're talking about secondhand and you're saying, "Oh, you know, I'm sustainable because I'm contributing to yeah. the circular economy," is no, it's not working that way. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think the 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 first way to be sustainable is to go for durable items. Of course, you know. Because um, like we used to do in the past, I mean, when uh, a piece of cloth was uh, uh, manufactured, I mean, uh, it was I mean, first it takes time, so it has a cost. Then you need to select good material, quality material, and it has a cost. So, but then after you can wear it, first it fits you, and you can wear it many years, and you can pass it on because basically it's still, you know, very nice or you can resell it or but um yeah it's a vicious loop actually that um idea that has been you know planted in people's mind that okay you need a lot of stuff you need to have like uh, you need to have a new style every day and you need to you need to buy and and so then go for cheap things because of course people cannot afford to buy like a uh, quantity uh, if it has, you know, if each if each item has a price. So, um, but I'm happy to see that little by little people are uh, becomes conscious about that and uh, and really uh, prefer quality over quantity because I think it's a first step in being sustainable as a consumer. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. the new consumer or the new generation of consumers at least. Of course. Uh, definitely more uh, educated or more informed on this topic. So, mm. you know, companies or businesses are not going to get away so easily. Uh, and I think yes. that's why, you know, we ha- we start to have like a lot of friends talking about sustainability. But then the question is like sustainability in what way, right? So um, maybe, Natasha, you can tell us a bit more about uh, the bags uh, that you're making at the Shred as well as the rest of the products um, that you have in plan, yes. right? Um, you yes. know, you talk okay. about like materials, textiles, and I, I'm just really interested to understand a lot more about uh, the, you know, what goes behind uh, the products at 
the thread loop. So can you talk to me through a bit about that? Yes, of course. So the first thing I do, I contact all my network of distributors, uh, manufacturers, and I try to uh, source fabrics uh, that they have. It can be dead stock, it can be end of the rolls. Um, in, I, I try to source uh, fabrics that they have in enough quantity to create a collection. That's the first step. Uh, second step, I'm, uh, I really go for quality fabrics. So, for example, for the line of uh, bags uh, that I have developed for the, for the Asian market in Singapore, um, I have used upholstery technical fabrics, upholstery fabrics. Uh, why? Because basically they have technical properties that are really interesting for, uh, for the, the tropical, uh, I mean, not against, but when you live in a tropical country. So um, I had personally a lot of issues with my leather bags in Singapore to maintain them and to keep them nice. So I had to um, to send back some of my bags, you know, in a, <laughs> to my mom's place because basically uh, I could not maintain them properly in Singapore. So, um, so the, the fabrics, the fabrics that I use, uh, the upholstery fabrics that I use for the first collection of bags and accessories, uh, they are water repellent first. So, uh, basically, if you go outside and it rains, your item, your items inside are going to be protected. Um, also, they are very easy to maintain. You can wash them if there is a stain and it's going to dry super quickly. Um, then uh, it cannot mold, yes. so it's uh, interesting property in Singapore. So even Definitely. if your bag is dirty, even if uh, you keep it uh, in your wardrobe for a long time, if there is a little bit of mold, you can wash it. Wow! Uh, so I have put all the the washing instruction uh, on my website. Yep. Uh, you can wash it, and the fabric is going to be like new. Um, and it, it, it's not going to fade also. The, yeah. the color, the colors are not going to fade with the sun. And, uh, the, the textile, the fabric by, by itself is very durable and very solid. Uh, it's, it's treated, uh, to be solid. So it's not going to, to tear or break easily. So really the idea was, okay, what do I need in Singapore in terms of bag? And let's design, you know, uh, small and larger bags that are going to be um, uh, easy to wear in Singapore. That, that yes. was the idea behind. And um, so I have many projects uh, in the pipelines. Um, and uh, I would like to use wool also, but it would be more for the European market. Uh, I have access to uh, a lot of dead stock, uh, beautiful uh, wools, and I would like to design bucket bags. And um, yeah, and uh, so we are also targeting uh, companies and um, to do B2, B2B. Uh, so we have access uh, to uh, an important stock of denim. From, uh, from a manufacturer, a, a jeans manufacturer based in Vietnam. And uh, one of the projects is to uh, develop a line of uh, textile accessories and uh, products for, for companies, yeah. like hotels. Yeah, and we are going idea. to use Maison Chance, uh, the social enterprise we are working with in Vietnam, to, uh, yeah. 
to, to do this project. Yeah, that's really great to hear. Uh, so the thread loop is entirely focused on uh, accessories, bags and accessories at the moment? For now, yes. Step by step. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, uh, you know, sorry, a bit overexcited here because I saw the uh, dress that you helped uh, Aziza with. Aziza <laughs> was, uh, you know, uh, curious enough and uh, confident enough to uh, to let me uh, upcycle our wedding dress. <laughs> yeah, indeed. It was a beautiful dress. I, I was uh, asking yeah, her a bit more about the background of the dress. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's uh, in silk, uh, made in the 50s, yeah. um, made by, by hand, basically, yeah. so without any machine. And, uh, yeah, the dress is, the cut is beautiful and... And it took a couple of hours to uh, to cycle uh, <laughs> the dress and also to keep the beauty of of yes. the dress, you know. And but I was like uh, super happy that uh, she was confident and she let me, you know, <laughs> experiment with the dress. Perfect job. The, re the result was good. Yes. <laughs> and you mentioned it's made from silk. Is that yeah, right? Entirely. Yes. Wow, and that's that's exactly what we're talking about, right? I mean, if you want to upcycle something and, you know, you want it to last, then the textile really matters. Yes, yes, exactly, because that dress is from the 50s and the silk was absolutely fantastic. The dress was fantastic, no stain, no, um, uh, no damage, and the silk was of very good quality, yeah, for sure. Uh, we just changed, because a bit of uh, modernity is always good, we changed the zip, <laughs> because yes. a, zip, a zip from the 50s was <laughs> not very convenient. <laughs> yes, a bit rusted. But yeah, I really love, you know, how um, they used to treat things with a lot more value or care oh. in the past. Yeah. Oh. But, you know, I hope that that whole uh, act, like action is like going to restart again with the new generation, right? I'm sure. I'm hopeful. Yes. So, Natasha, um, perhaps you can uh, or let our uh, listeners know how the journey has been, you know, starting your own thing after being in the textile industry, like going into all this, like learning, you know, learning from scratch, like how to actually sew, you know, that's really inspiring. Like, how has it been? So, um, like learning, actually, uh, it's a passion for me. So it has not been that difficult. Uh, I love to learn. I'm very curious and I'm also quite stubborn. So when I have an idea in mind, you know, I really try to find a solution always. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that was the, that's the good part. Um, um, yeah, so the, the road has been a bit bumpy uh, because of the COVID-19, of course, so a lot of delays. Uh, I had to change factory at some point because uh, they had too many issues with their staff due to the COVID-19 situation. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the road, I think the road is always bumpy for entrepreneurs uh, or when you start something new. Um, in my case, it's more the process and the method is new. So I had to like reusing existing fabrics. So I had to convince my partners. I had to convince the factories. Um, I had to convince also uh, the suppliers to, okay, to, uh, to give me that dead stock and not to destroy it. And I had to convince the brand also behind to, um, 
to let me explore and uh, and to recreate something with uh, existing material that was discontinued. So, uh, but I, I think at the end, um, if you if you keep your long term vision, and if you keep uh, if you keep reminding yourself why you are doing you are doing this. I think uh, you can find a solution for each problem. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. So it's not easy because the context also is not easy. But uh, I'm very motivated, and uh, yeah, I really want to continue and and see where where it's going to to bring me. Um. So Natasha, I I think you know it is very common for uh, the mainstream consumer, right? To to say, oh, I want to be sustainable, you know, like what we talked about earlier, like people saying that they uh, do recycle or like they do sell off their secondhand items or pre-loved items. But there are a lot of people, of course, like the fast fashion lovers who are still struggling with that, right? So can, can you name three things that uh, someone should do if they want to be more sustainable uh, but are struggling? Yes, of course. I'm happy to help <laughs> if I can. The first thing they can do is to uh, uh, to choose an area in their life, in their daily life, where they want to focus. So, for example, they can start uh, by uh, their kitchen to try to have uh, a kitchen uh, or yeah, a kitchen and a way to cook that is less harmful for the environment. So, for example, you have plenty of options now to avoid, uh, how do you say that, cling paper? Cling wrap. Yes, to avoid that <laughs> hopeful thing. <Yes. laughs> so silicon uh, caps and it's uh, in different size. It's super convenient. You can, you can use it uh, like for a very, very long time. Of course, you know, you can, you can use, uh, bags for your shopping. You can, you can reuse your bags. No need to have all, you know, to take all these, uh, single use plastic bags each time that you go to the grocery. Uh, you can, you can have a, a bag made of textile or, you know, or just a, a very solid sturdy bag that you, you wash and you reuse. I would say also that it's important to always go for, uh, the quality product and check the durability of the product. I think it's a true way to be uh, sustainable. Uh, and also um, always think, not think twice, but because, but always think about what you need, what, what's your needs. Uh, don't listen too much, uh, like the news or, or publicities or what your neighbor, what your neighbors do or don't. I mean, just, just check what you see, what you need and go for your needs instead of what do I want? Or I think it's a good way to be more sustainable. I think I, I, I told you four things, right? <laughs> four, five things. <laughs> I, I caught about, I think the three main things that I caught, uh, probably yeah. the first is uh, stop using cling wrap in your kitchen. I think that's the oh. most important thing. And no, it hit me quite a lot. I want to reopen your life. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and it hit me a lot because that's, that's a, an area that I have been struggling with. You know, sometimes I used to use another metal plate and then sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'll just use the cling wrap. But yeah, I think silicon lids are a really great uh, option. Yeah. And I think the second thing that you mentioned was about plastic bags versus using like a cloth bag. Um, and then when you said that, I was going to ask you uh, if you can think about coming up with uh, maybe a a range of shopping bags like that with the durable material, you know, that you guys use at the third loop, right? Yes. Yeah. So the third thing is the most important thing, which is, you know, uh, stop and think, right? Because, uh, Nowadays, we are plummeted. We are, you know, facing uh, content from everywhere, like getting like pressure from like other people as well. Then we see like what other people are doing and then we also want to do it too, you know, jump on a bandwagon, that sort of thing. And I think it's also exactly something that we believe in at Gold Source, right? Which is you stop and look first into your wardrobe together with us and then you wear what you already have and then you buy what you need. And I don't know for you if it is the same, but uh, also I think that once you start, you know, uh, decluttering, you know, your wardrobe. The wardrobe is the most impressive things you think usually <laughs> in a home. Uh, and, um, I mean, a lot of uh, new stuff. Uh, but, um, once you start doing this, I think you personally, I feel, I feel, uh, like much more lighter and, um, I, I hate to have a lot of clutter around me because it, it, it stresses me. And in today's world, I mean, we have already a lot of information from everywhere. And if in my home also, I have like a ton, mountains of clothes and mountains of stuff. And it's, uh, I find it quite stressful after it's maybe my, only my experience. But, um, I, I think, think uh, the same for me, it's a, it's a way to go for my needs instead of like, uh, yeah. you know, listening, like, uh, what I'm supposed to do. I think it helps me yeah. to, uh, to be, to have a less stressful life yes. and environment surrounding. Thanks, Natasha. The next thing that I'm going to ask you about is, you know, like brands like yourself or even like the bigger corporates, many of them are increasingly seeing the need to be more sustainable. So if you can just narrow down to the three things that they should start looking into if they want to start more sustainable practices, what are these three things? Three things. Okay, sure. So I think the first point that uh, amazed me is the quantity of uh, packaging that uh, the brands are using. So, of course, we need package, packaging. Uh, of course, for e-commerce, it's uh, really essential. But you have plenty of eco-friendly options right now. So, um, I think it would be a good move if, uh, above all, the, 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 the big brands go for cleaner packaging. I think it's the first point. Also, um, they do some research to work with the right partners. Um, I'm talking about the manufacturer, the, the, the supply chain partners. And I think that when, when a brand has the, capa- the capacity, the financial capacity to, uh, to choose that partner, this is one thing that uh, they should try to do. Um, of course, it's not easy, but uh, this is how things are really going to change. And uh, going local also, like trying to do things uh, locally. 
it goes against the globalization and, uh, and the, the most of the you know uh, actual practices. But uh, even if it is like, for example, your printing needs or choosing one manufacturer for a specific item of your product in your own country, you know that that trend of uh, going local. I think it will really help uh, if it was you know implemented systematically. And I think the COVID-19 helped us in a way because with the transport, you know, being uh, heavily disturbed. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think more and more people are realizing and companies uh, are realizing that they should also really focus on doing things more locally. I totally agree with that. I think, um, you know, I, I think the thing about running corporate, right, because you have done things for like decades in a certain manner and sometimes it's hard to just change, right, because, you know, it's you're a very big hard, of course. Yeah. And that's why we talked about how like smaller businesses like us, like it's it's faster right, to freedom. change. Of course, yes. we have the freedom. Yeah. yeah, but I think that it, from everyone to start making that change like every little effort counts you know and you know, yeah. if everybody makes that change that will be millions like changing the whole way that this thing is operating so exactly. if i just may recap like the three things that you said so first of all like packaging 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 and i think that this is really you know something that's very important or uh, there yeah. are so many alternatives out there and they can do it <laughs> they can do yeah, it yeah they can for sure um, yeah. I think the second thing is uh, about employment, right? Uh, and we talked mm. about this also in uh, my previous uh, interview with Johnny. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, we definitely need to open up our eyes, our hearts, you know, to mm. what's going on out there. I mean, all of these stories are real. And if only people would take a pause on their busy lives of like looking at their mobile devices to actually look at what really matters, you know, because this is the future of the, you know, the world. Um, and then, of course, last but not least, the last point that you had about going local, I think that is something that is really important to look at because if mm. you think about it, I think a lot of times, like, uh, you know, all of this manufacturing is outsourced, like, you know, done offshore because of the costs. Yes. Uh, manufacturing right but if you think about like if you could actually make adjustments in other parts of the operations uh, then more money exactly. perhaps can be put into this and then exactly. it would help in situations like this where shipping is a big problem right now yeah exactly so, and, and sometimes it's not it's really not possible but when it's possible you save on transport of course Yes, exactly. So I think if people take a closer look, you know, where exactly like your budget is going, then you would see that you don't really save that much money at the end of the day. It is also hurting like the local economy, right? Like local printers or local factories are going out of business, that sort of thing. So yeah. like what you said, I think now is a really good time to relook all of these practices. And I'm so glad like, you know, the local uh, industry bodies are actually supporting that effort. Like, for example, at TEF, they actually yeah. have uh, this boutique design orchard that actually features only brands that are being like locally designed as well as locally made in Singapore. Natasha, you know, very inspiring uh, to be able to speak with you to find out a lot more about the Shred Loop as well as yourself. Uh, I just have one final question for you that, you know, I just uh, ask all the interviewees. What would you say to um, a woman or another woman to actually empower her? Yes, sure. I think we as women, we wear a lot of hats, 
above all when we have kids uh, the days can be quite long and uh, with many many actions to do <laughs> in a single day <laughs> so i think that it's super important uh, to uh, never forget who you are and never forget your dreams and uh, never forget your vision and try to or at least to build your own vision and uh, and every day little by little to uh, find time for yourself to build um, something that you like uh, it can be uh, you know like decorating your house it can be taking uh, that course uh, that you really want you know, that you really love um, it could be uh, anything actually you know like uh, creating your own company or or being one uh, one employee of that brand that you love but I think it's super important uh, in our busy uh, woman life to take every day, you know, time for yourself. And uh, because, yeah, because we deserve it, right? I mean, and I think this is the key to find, you know, yes. that hour every day to say, okay, I'm going to think about myself and uh, I'm going to do this, this, this actions because I think little by little this is, uh, this is going to, to, to make the difference, yes. really. Yes, I, I, I'm so, um, you know, so glad that you said that. Actually, it's, it's so touching. Like I could almost cry because this is exactly oh. what I just, uh, you know, just yeah. had this uh, epiphany. Because you, I think at the end of the day, when you can love yourself, love your identity, then it makes you also like a happier person and happier to those around exactly. you. So, you know, exactly. you don't transfer like any negative energy around you as well. Yes. Yeah. So thanks so much, Natasha. It's been great uh, talking to Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us on the Girl Source Chat podcast. Thank you, Alisa. It was very interesting. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And that was Natasha Champon, founder of The Thread Loop. And I'm very excited to share that you can now find The Thread Loop on Girlsource. Go to girlsource.com slash thethreadloop or you can find the links to the products in the description of this podcast episode. To start your sustainable journey and support a local business, support brands like The Thread Loop today. Subscribe to our podcast for more episodes on Girlsource Chats and be sure to follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. This is your host Alyssa and you have been listening to Girl Sourced Chats.